This is the Shape America podcast, hosted by Colin Brooks and Matt Pomeroy, making 50 million strong by 2029. Welcome to the Shape America podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Stephanie Sandino. We wanted to thank you for joining us in another episode of our podcast. We are ecstatic for you to be extending your professional development and growing with us. This month, we are pairing up health literacy with sudden cardiac arrest awareness with some amazing guests who will introduce themselves in just a few moments. We want to bring awareness to the goal of Parent Heart Watch. It's a program that helps communities understand the true incidence of sudden cardiac arrest in youth, appraise the risk factors, access those preventative health care for themselves, apply those life-saving skills to prevent sudden death in others, and, of course, advocate for sudden cardiac arrest prevention practices wherever youth congregate. We, as PE and health educators, can champion a culture of prevention in our school communities by leading the implementation of a cardiac emergency response plan. Shape America and Parent Heart Watch have teamed up to offer schools the opportunity to participate in Get Charged Up, which promotes automated external defibrillators, your AEDs, in addition to written and well-practiced response plans to protect young hearts from sudden cardiac death. As I mentioned earlier, we've got two super special guests who are going to bestow knowledge bombs upon us with their experiences in this topic. Uh, Let's get started. I'm going to turn over the mic and let these spectacular humans introduce themselves. Thanks, Stephanie. Um, I'm uh, Martha Lopez Anderson, Executive Director uh, for Parent Heart Watch. And um, I'm also the mom of a um, sudden cardiac arrest victim. And I'm Kyle Pryor, a health and PE teacher um, at Washington Middle School in Miles City, Montana. And uh, I was part of the Charged Up program last year. Awesome. Welcome, you two. We are so happy to have you, and we're so grateful for you spending your busy, busy, busy schedules with us. I know it's tough on uh, weekdays, but we are definitely very grateful um, to have you guys both on the show. So thank you, thank you, thank you from um, myself, Colin, who couldn't be here, as well as Matt. Um, We are just extremely blessed to have awesome guests on our show. Um, so let's get started. Um, we have a lot of talking points and we have tons of questions because we want to get down to the nitty gritty of this. So why don't we start with really, you know, obvious questions. And the first one being, what is sudden cardiac arrest? So in simple terms, uh, sudden cardiac arrest is a life-threatening emergency that occurs when the heart suddenly stops. 
And uh, it can strike people of all ages, um, even those that may seem healthy, and children and teens. So when um, sudden cardiac arrest occurs, a lot of times um, the person collapses suddenly and um, they either may appear as they're gasping for air or some people describe um, seizure-like activity. And so that is really critical, seizure-like activity um, when that occurs. It's important that people understand that seizure-like activity is common in cardiac arrest, but um, it is important to take very quick action. And so um, that is when we have very little time to really um, start rendering aid to that person. And so that means we need to start the cardiac chain of survival as soon as possible. Um, you know, calling 911, starting CPR, um, using an AED, and uh, then, of course, waiting for EMS uh, to arrive. Gotcha. Now, some people may may confuse these two um, topics, and I want to make sure that we make you know this clear and make sure that it's it's addressed. Is sudden cardiac arrest the same as a heart attack? Because it sounds it is you not. know. I I think uh, that is, uh, you know, the term heart attack is um, very common, but really um, sudden cardiac arrest is very different, right? In in a heart attack, a person um, suffers, their heart stops because of blockage. And in sudden cardiac arrest, it can be due to either an electrical or structural abnormality that causes the heart to stop. And so um, it is important, um, you know, as an organization focused in youth um, to really let people know that um, sudden cardiac arrest is happens to people of all ages. But heart attacks will happen to people um, typically 35 years and older. So a child will not suffer a heart attack. Understood. That's uh, thank you for clarifying that, because I think maybe that can definitely be confused. And once we get more, you know, deeper into this topic, I think we'll, we'll definitely be able to distinguish and know about more of the causes, um, especially for sudden cardiac arrest. Um, I know you mentioned some, can you, can you talk a little bit about what exactly causes sudden cardiac arrest? Um, again, you've mentioned Mm -hmm. some of them, but I know there's there's definitely more causes than the ones you've mentioned, and I'm sure Absolutely. you can attest to them. Sure. Um, so like I said before, um, they're typically caused by an electrical or structure, uh, structural abnormality that either um, the person was born with or that it could have developed um, later on in life. And so um, it also can happen as a result of um, being uh, struck in the chest. It's also also known as commotial cordis. So that blunt um, impact to the chest, right at that point when the heart is recharging, will cause a person to go into sudden cardiac arrest. And then, of course, you have, um, you know, energy drink, um, whether they're um, recreational or at least illicit drugs, um, all of those can lead someone uh, to suffer cardiac arrest. Yeah, I definitely see those energy drinks a lot. So 
Um, thank you for mentioning that. It's it's quite uh, surprising to see um, all of those, you know, things that you can buy and things that they sell even, you know, at grocery stores, at liquor stores that, you know, are so accessible to our students can, you know, just just right then and there they can purchase it. So it's it's definitely astonishing to um, know and hear about all of these things that can cause sudden cardiac arrest. Um, yeah, it's very important to educate, um, you know, students and student athletes that of the dangers, right? Um, these energy drinks contain tremendous amounts of caffeine and as they're exerting themselves or potentially outdoors in the heat and so on, all those things combined are just not a good thing. And um, so the the um, energy drinks, uh, they, they say we're not made for young people, but ex- those are exactly the people drinking them, right? Um, either, you know, to get more energy, to stay up and study late and so on. So we just have to make sure that we educate them. Uh, about the great dangers of these drinks. Definitely. Now, what, so, okay, so when we may possibly come across this situation um, as a witness, what should we be doing um, to, you know, make sure we give that person the best survival rate as possible? The most important thing is to be prepared, right? Um, The problem with sudden cardiac arrest is that you don't know when it's going to strike. And so being prepared is critical so that you can give that person the greatest chance of survival, right? And so that's why um, Parent Heart Watch advocates not only for schools um, and anywhere youth congregate to be equipped with automated external defibrillators, but it's also critical to have a written and well-practiced cardiac emergency response plan that will really allow um, a team at the school um, to promptly and properly execute the cardiac chain of survival. And so you t- so let's let's definitely go into that. So the cardiac chain okay. of survival, what is that exactly? So the cardiac chain of survival are really the critical steps, right? And so first and foremost is recognizing that somebody is in cardiac arrest. So someone that is collapsed and unresponsive, you're going to assume they're in cardiac arrest until proven otherwise. Um, next step is to immediately call 911. To, that's when you have your team, someone is designated to call 911 so you can get EMS on the way. Next is starting CPR, pushing hard and fast in the center of the chest at 100 to 120 compressions per minute. And then obviously, while someone is doing that, someone else is running to retrieve the automated external defibrillator or AED, and then you're going to apply that um, as quick as possible. And the goal really is to um, apply an AED within three minutes or less of collapse. And then, um, you know, having someone, again, part of your cardiac emergency response team to go outside of the school to meet EMS because EMS, you know, doesn't know where this victim is. So it's important for someone to meet them outside and take them directly to where that person is. Gotcha. 
Now, the AED is something that you see across campuses nationwide, worldwide. Um, and obviously, schools need to be able to, one, know how to use it, um, but mm-hmm. two, have some type of action plan within their school to, you know, in, initiate and um, implement this. So how how would someone go about standardizing this response in a school setting? Right. And so that's where um, we have the Cardiac Emergency Response Plan um, template and implementation resources that we provide are really turnkey. And, and then you basically customize that to your school. Um, so we want to make it as easy as possible so people don't have to reinvent the wheel. And then again, through um, our program, Get Charged Up, which we have um, collaborated with Shape America on, is to make sure the schools are equipped with these life-saving devices. And, um, you know, in order to receive the AED, the school has to make a commitment um, to meet certain milestones. And uh, then they get the, the device with cabinet, the proper signage, um, everything they need. Um, and also, very important, all the educational materials so that they can really educate not only themselves, but the entire school community about preventing sudden cardiac arrest. Right. Now, you brought up the program Get Charged Up. And Kyle, I definitely want to bring you into the conversation at this point. Um, So can you tell us about, you know, why you wanted to be a part of this initiative um, in your setting at your school? Um, Our school district has a few AADs at some of the facilities that um, we have student athletes and, uh, you know, community places around town that uh, people congregate. So I, I saw the option to, um, you know, get some really good resources and in turn, they're sending us an AED to, to help in case we have an emergency like this. So, I mean, it was, it was pretty easy to sign up for and, um, you know, we're, we're lucky that we were chosen to be part of this. That's really awesome. Now we keep throwing, we keep throwing the word AED around and, uh, I'm not quite sure if everybody's familiar with the acronym, and I want to make sure that everybody knows exactly what we're talking about. So this can go to either one of you. Um, What is an AED? AED stands for Automated External Defibrillator, and it's, uh, it's basically a device that analyzes the heart rhythm and determines if the person um, indeed is has a shockable rhythm and um, delivers the shock to restart the heart, right? And so um, these devices are very simple to use. They have audio and visual prompts um, that guide you step by step. If you know what to do, it's not going to stop you. Um, but if you don't, it's not going to overwhelm you with prompts. They're so simple that someone as young as a fourth grader has used it to save a life. So 
would it be right to say anyone can use it? Or there's, you know, do you have to be certified? Do you have to have particular training? You just said it was really easy. Um, what, what population are we talking can use this machine? Well, um, training is encouraged only so people um, are very familiar, right? And your cardiac emergency response team. So we strongly encourage that these individuals are certified, but everyone in the school should be familiar with how to recognize sudden cardiac arrest, how to perform CPR, and how to use um, the AED. And um, again, if you're able to listen to the prompts, um, and also, like I said, some have also visual prompts, then you should be able to follow the um, step-by-step instructions. Um, Also, sometimes they have... um, Besides, you know, they have drawings, different things that make it incredibly easy. Um, so, again, training makes you just more comfortable, but is not necessarily required. Right. And I know when I do my CPR trainings, um, every time it's paired up with AED. So it's always great to get that refresher every two years. And even sometimes it comes up you know, throughout every year and you just brush up on your skills or perhaps you have an experience and it comes up. And um, it's just one of those things where you're like, gosh, I have this training (laughs) and I, you know, for I remember it or, oh, maybe I need to brush up on my skills. So I review it. and, And it's just something that should definitely be a part of every educator um, every ed- educator's training, and um, it's just so important. Now, still on the topic of AEDs, should there be a specific location on your campus that these should be placed in? So um, we always encourage, you know, obviously schools uh, sometimes can only have one device. So we strongly encourage that that device be placed in a, a wherever the most number of people congregate, and also that the device be publicly accessible. That means that the device should never be in a locked office or closet or drawer or cabinet. It should always be accessible. For example, um, fire extinguishers. You know, if there's a fire extinguisher um, in an area where a lot of people congregate, as I'm sure there are, place the device near it. So people are already acquainted where where the fire extinguisher is. Now they know there's a life-saving device there. Um, It's important also that it be placed at a height um, of no more than 48 inches from the ground so that it is in compliance with the American Disabilities Act, right? Someone that is in a wheelchair or someone that is not very tall um, should still be able to grab the AED and bring it um, in the event of an emergency. And, you know, at times, again, obviously we, um, what we do is training adults and, um, and also youth. And I always tell um, educators, you know, empower your students with knowledge because you never know if it's going to be a student grabbing that AED to help save a life. They may not be able to do. They may not be able to do effective compressions, but they can certainly um, tell. Ask somebody to call nine one one or or go retrieve the AED. Right now, 
on the AED machine, is there any type of, you know, expiration date or, you know, maybe perhaps the site has had it for, I don't know, you know, a cup, some time now. Is there, you know, is there any type of maintenance that's required to go along with an AED machine? Absolutely. And that is incredibly important because having the device is is really critical, but making sure that your device is ready when needed is even more important. So everybody, as they go by the device, should make sure that the readiness indicator um, is good. Every time they walk by, it's a good habit. So um, batteries and pads, depending on the manufacturer, um, you know, how when they exactly expire, um, some pads expire, you know, every two years, um, batteries fluctuate, some is four years, some want, some are more. Um, so it is really important, um, to check your device, make sure it's ready. And the expiration date is, is visible. So that way, um, you know, they can, if someone can put a note of, okay, our pads expire on such a date and make sure that they order those in a timely manner. Gotcha. So we have an AED machine, you know, let's say, okay, we have this AED machine, but now we need some type of action plan or some type of, you know, response plan. And we, we briefly mentioned cardiac emergency response plan. What is exactly entailed in implementing that entire cardiac emergency response plan? Um, Are there steps? Like what is, how do we get to the implementation process? Right. Well, I mean, I think it would be fantastic. Um, Kyle has had um, the opportunity of uh, being a part of Get Charged Up. And, um, you know, Kyle, maybe you want to share with others the steps that you all took to prepare your school. Yeah. So there there are a lot of resources that come with it, um, kind of how to set up your team. Uh, my principal and I really thought about the best scenario, and we set up uh, staff members in every area of our school to be kind of like the main go-to people. Um, it's placed near our gym lobby where most of the activity occurs, you know, on the weekends and things like that. But at any place in the school things could happen. So if we have people on every floor, every corner of the building that are trained, that we're going to be, I guess, able to help out in the ways that we can. Um, And, you know, our school isn't very big, so we're two or three minutes at most away from our AED. And so I I just think that uh, the tools that they gave us and, you know, the resources that charged up has for us it um, helps create those things just in unison within our school so you had a team was it just you is it all teachers all teachers were involved and how how and if not how is that related to the whole staff um so we created the uh, kind of a, a guideline of teachers that we wanted. Some of them are coaches, so they already had the training. Um, and they, I mean, just a little bit more training is helpful for them mm-hmm. too, because I mean, that can happen, uh, anytime within their extracurriculars. Um, and then we just kind of sought out a, a few and asked if they'd want to join in on 
becoming CPR and AED certified uh, to be able to act on any type of an emergency that we had. Um, so it was uh, a little bit that we had some volunteers and a lot of ki a lot of our uh, staff were voluntold, I guess you could say, and they were just put on the <laughs> team. <laughs> now, did this just come, you know, out and about all of a sudden? Like you guys decide, oh yeah, let's just put out a CER team, or was there a particular event? Did something happen for all of this to roll out onto your school campus? No, we. Uh, you know, we, uh, our principal had a had his father go down at at one of our rural schools, and an AD kind of helped uh, helped him out. So, our looking at ways for us to fund an AED, and then this thing came out, and it was uh, you know just something that we applied for and put down all the all the people that it could help out in our community, and um, we're lucky it worked out. Wow. So talking about community, what's, what's the best way we can engage our school community, our stakeholders in cardiac preparedness? Well, Stephanie, we, um, again, we have a uh, variety of resources that range from printed materials to posters, postcards, um, that are very easy to understand. And, um, and then we also have a library of short videos that are very effective. And so you can have different opportunities, whether it's during staff development. Um, you know, a lot of times at schools, you will have an event, a health fair or another event that includes um, not only staff, but students and parents. I think that you can get very creative on the different opportunities that you can use your school newsletter. Um, I think it's incredibly valuable um, for schools to um, let their school community that the school is equipped with a device, that a plan is in place. I think that is incredibly important. Everybody in the school should be aware um, that there is an AED, its exact location, and also um, who who is their um, cardiac emergency response team? Who who are the first responders at their school? And um, you know, uh, Kyle alluded that a number um, you know teachers at different levels were involved, and so a lot of times in schools, people think that it's a school's nurse responsibility um, to do this, and it's really everyone's responsibility. So the more people you have involved, the better. Um, from school nurse to um, PE teachers and uh, teachers at different levels um, should all be, you know, informed and educated and prepared for a cardiac emergency. I, one of the things I always tell people, remember that once you learn these life-saving skills, you take them with you wherever you go. And so while, you know, we hope that you never have to use them at your school, um, you may have to use it at home with a loved one. So um, it, it, these are skills that everybody should have, really. Right. Now, what do, you, what do you all think about making students required to learn CPR as part of this plan? Um, I actually, uh, my principal and I have just gotten a bunch of mannequins to teach hands-only CPR, and then it also came with, 
uh, some AED, uh, some trainer AEDs. So I'm going to be able to teach my entire school hands-only CPR and AED usage within one class period. It's fantastic. That's awesome. Now this is this is going to be a part of your program, a part of your curriculum, correct? Right. So it'd just be my health curriculum, seventh and eighth grade. So. Yeah, they don't. They, they're not going to be certified in anything, but they're going to get, you know, hands-on uh, information and you know a better understanding of what that machine's going to do because they're going to have a chance for the re- the rest of their life to use a resource like this. Um, and I, we just thought it was really important to give them that tool when they're 12, 13, 14 years old, and uh, you know maybe. It's something that uh, is going to save one of their lives, and um, so we we're grateful for that opportunity for sure. Absolutely, and I mean, I'm sure one or more of your students have been touched with, you know, family members or you know friends who, you know, have had some type of cardiac situation. So it's it's so valuable for them to know. And again, as you guys said, um, the more that can be a part of this process and implementation, the better so that everyone, you know, is on the same page when, you know, a situation might arise. So that's fantastic that you are implementing it in your health classes. That's, that's great. Now, Something I thought about uh, as this is my mind's like skipping all over the place as I thought about Mm -hmm. when when you guys were talking about the cardiac emergency response plan, um, I'm assuming there's some type of written um, a written template that might go along with this. Um, Is there any type of template that our listeners can you know, acquire or should they be researching different school districts templates or how how can they go about, you know, writing a template that works for them? So the template that um, that Parent Heart Watch utilizes in the GetCharts.program is one that was uh, put together um, with the American Heart Association and uh, multiple uh, national um health uh, organizations across the country. It included the National Association of School Nurses, Project Adam, um, you know, just the American Academy of Pediatrics. Uh, the, it just included a variety of people that worked in this space to develop a template that is specifically for schools. And so all you have to do is then tailor it, of course, to, you know, put the details that relate specifically to yours, but you don't really have to, you know, reinvent the wheel. And we want to make this as, you know, turnkey as possible. And even the implementation resources, um, samples of letters that you can use to put out to the school community. I mean, there's just a variety of resources that are readily available. So again, it's all turnkey. Gotcha. Now, in the implementation um, process, like if you look at the steps and you check out this toolkit, toolkit uh, after you 
you know, communicate your plan and your AED location um, with your school community, you should probably then get into cardiac emergency drills and um, having them happen annually. And Kyle, I'm sure you can definitely speak to this about um, if you've had an actual chance to run a cardiac emergency drill and, you know, where the location of your AED is. Uh, can, you, can you talk to us a little bit about that? I um, haven't had a chance to run the drill yet. Uh, we've only been yeah. in school yeah. for like a month, um, and we got it after school ended last year. But uh, a lot of um, – we've given out the location. Obviously, the kids walk by it every single day to go to lunch. And so there's been a lot of questions that have come up from that, which is kind of cool because they're, they're interested to see what that box is for. And so I'm kind of excited to be able to teach them hands-only CPR and the, how the AED works. And, you know, that's part of the thing. Them being curious in, in how that thing works and uh, how it can be useful. Yeah. Have you had any other um, type of way to engage students in this initiative or has it only been like kind of that anticipatory set where they see the boxes and they're you know you've piqued their curiosity yeah no they they haven't had any any other input on on any of this um obviously it's some things that are higher higher pay scale than me on how how some of these uh emergencies are ran and so um, but being able to give these resources to our admin team and have them changing policies potentially in other buildings to make it more fluid uh, definitely has uh, been a good thing. Yeah. Do you think Do you think this program um, has kind of helped make your school community more aware of this topic in youth, or have you seen any? you know, any differences in that? Uh, it definitely has as far as sudden cardiac arrest because um, kids haven't really heard of it. Um, so uh, throughout the year, we'll, we'll be able to give them some of that information and, and, you know, gain a better understanding of what that means and um, how we may need to help our friends in case something happens outside of our school as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now, at the beginning of the podcast, I mentioned sudden cardiac arrest awareness being kind of linked up with um, Health Literacy Month. So how do you think the program has enhanced the health literacy of not only your students, but your staff? Yeah, I think it's improved our staff ever since we started talking about this last spring and how we wanted to implement it, um, you know, and it, it kind of starts with them because if they are getting asked those same questions that I am in the hallway about the AED box and the, how we got it and why we got it and all those things, if they have the understanding of it, it's going to um, give those kids the knowledge and the understanding that they're going to need um, to be able to help if they need it. Nice. Now, let's talk about resources. And we're at this point, we're just re- reiterating to make sure everyone can, you know, help 
you know, find the information. Um, we can get everyone to the right place and maybe even a way to contact each of you so that they are uh, on their way to implement a successful um, process of all of this. So do you guys have any resources that you can give our listeners and, and how can they get in contact with you should they have more information, more questions and um, just piqued curiosity for this topic? So um, strongly encourage everybody to take a look at our website, parentheartwatch.org. Um, there is tremendous amount of resources that have been, they're very easily organized, easily, easy to access. Um, those are available. There's, they're all free. Um, we can also send you posters, postcards for your school. Um, you tell us the quantity that you need. Um, we send those directly to your school so that you can share them with your school community. Um, I am, um, available to, uh, by email as well, um, it's Martha, M-A-R-T-H-A, at parentheartwatch.org. And our toll-free number is 800-717-5828. Awesome. Kyle, if any health and PE teachers wanted the uh, perspective of a fellow health educator, uh, do you have any resources that you have for us to help us out in this process? And how can we get a hold of you? So I would suggest the same website. Um, and then if there's any direct questions about different things as far as the education side of it, um, just email at kprior, it's k-p-r-y-o-r at milescity.k12.mt.us. Outstanding. Now, for for the end of it, to kick us to kick us off into uh, the month of October here, do um, any of you have any last words of encouragement or of hey, if you need to know at least one thing about this, here's what I want you to know. Well, um, I want you to know that. One in 300 youth um, has an undetected um, heart condition that can lead to sudden cardiac death. And the outcome doesn't have to be death, right? We can prevent it by being prepared. And so learn the warning signs and symptoms of a heart condition. Learn how to recognize what sudden cardiac arrest looks like when it occurs. And use these very powerful tools, our hands, um, to learn how to administer CPR and learn how to use an AED. AEDs will not hurt the person. A lot of people think that AEDs, what if I hurt the person? You will not hurt the person. You can only help. And so um, always remember that. And re one last thing that a lot of times people forget, remember that what we're trying to do is to increase the chances of survival and so we're trying to buy time until paramedics arrive, right? And our goal is that when paramedics get there, that they will find a person who
whose heart has already been restarted by the use of an AED and hopefully is breathing on their own that they that they can then transport to the hospital so that they can get, you know, appropriate care. So, um, but we're here to help and please don't hesitate to contact us uh, at Parent Heart Watch. We're happy to, to help in any way we can. Great. Thank you so much, Martha. I appreciate it. All right. So to end us off here, on behalf of Colin Brooks, Matt Pomeroy, and myself, we wanted to give an enormous, enormous thank you to Shape America, as well as Kyle Pryor and Martha Lopez Anderson for spending their time out of their busy schedules with us. Your time, as we all know, is of the essence, and we couldn't be any more grateful for all of the knowledge you have given us today. Um, be sure to check out the resources on the podcast page. Um, both Martha and Kyle have provided us with some amazing resources, and we'll be sure to link those on the podcast page of Shape America. So make sure you check those out um, so that you can get even more detailed information at the tips of your fingertips. So um, with that being said, we always enjoy hearing your thoughts so if you want to ask us any questions or give us any feedback, please feel free to email us at podcast at shapeamerica.org or even tweet me at smcandino. Help us keep the conversation going. If you have questions, um, you can send us the questions and maybe we can even send them to Kyle and Martha and they can help answer them. And we'll put it on Twitter and make sure that it's exposed to the hashtag phys ed community. So wherever you are, whatever platform platform you listen in on, make sure those comments, likes, and shares, keep them coming. We appreciate them greatly. This is Stephanie Sandino signing out for the Shape America podcast. Happy trails, everyone. And thank you one more time to Martha and Kyle for being with us here on this evening. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. And thank you, Shape America.